Hey, it's White Boy Chris. If the Pat Down's ever made you laugh, then join our Patreon and support us. Get bonus content, a t-shirt, or an autographed copy of Rabbit, Miss Pat's autobiography. Visit misspatcomedy.com for the link to the Patreon, and while you're there, join our Facebook group. Welcome to another episode of the Pat Down. We here in my basement, and we're I gotta thank my fan, Aaron. Thank you for hanging that fucking door at my girlfriend's house. You did a great job. <laughs> you thought I was going to not thank you. I appreciate the fuck out of you. I'm sorry I couldn't get to meet you. But we're talking about all kind of shit. We're talking about Donald Trump, race, just people. Listen, don't cut the shit off. It's interesting. It's funny. Dion going to drop that black knowledge. Chris going to do that Kluka Klan shit. Right. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Miss Pat. Is that how you do it, Dion? Yes. You can suck my dick from Stand the back. Up for your rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back after the music. <laughs> you better get up, get out, and tune into this podcast. Miss Pat spit the truth, spit the real fact. Nothing but the ugly, classy at the same time. think of nobody showing up to the Trump rally. I, first of all, I gotta say this. I had no idea what the fuck K-pop was. <laughs> you and, and so, a bunch of other black people. And so when they when they kept putting up all these Asian people, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Are they selling hair? What the fuck is going on? Why are all these Asian people dancing and rapping and shit? And so Gary Ryan had to explain to me what K-pop was. But the one who caught my attention, which catch everybody black attention, was the black people that was there. Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't many of them, and, you know. I don't have a problem with you supporting what you support. Believe what you want to believe. Believe, but a lot of time I know when you fuck with a racist, they'll send you home as a nigger. So what? The, when you fuck with <laughs> can, a racist, can you explain that? When please? you fuck with an undercover racist, they will send you home as a nigger. Uh, what's her name? Who was all up Trump ass from that TV show? Amber Rosa. She was fucking with a racist, and you sent her home as a nigger. Mm. But um, let me say this. So. Um, God damn, I forgot what I was going to say. I just, you know, he cares so much about the size of his crowd, and he always brags about it, and they were bragging for weeks about a million tickets sold, and I, I was like, man, that's kind of, that's a big sign. Like, that's a lot of data that, and because the tickets don't matter, it's the data that you can then fundraise off of, but what they did is they accidentally screwed up all of their data operation. So almost all of their data now that they've spent years working on building is all messed up. Why? Because it, it all goes into like one pot, and so it's it's like a complicated data thing, but it they've, they fucked him up way more than just embarrassing him one day. Like, it, it was... I love Ooh, watching... The K-pop kids? The K-pop kids. Like, Donald Trump, I'll always laugh oh, when he they trolls. they added all those fake names to the real names. Exactly. They have to, so you they can't parcel that out. No, because you don't know who's real and who's fake. Yep. So whatever you send out, the K-pop kids get it too. Yes. Oh my, it's like returning gonorrhea. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> you already said yes to it, first of all. 
<laughs> so you got to accept the return it's, gonorrhea. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Got a what? Gonorrhea. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, my my socialist friend is like, I'm getting so many text messages from Donald Trump, but it was worth it. Yeah, they it, it they fucked him up good, and it's fun. Cause I always laugh when he trolls people. So to watch him get trolled in such an excellent way was so funny. No, I had no idea what was going on. He sold 6,000 tickets. There were 7,000 for a Nickelback concert the year before. Like he, nobody showed up to this rally. They had 6,000. He sold 6, those 000. tickets. Well, they, they, they give them away free. Yeah. Well, man, only 7,000 people went to see Nickelback? Yeah. At that big ass arena? Mm hmm. I thought I saw the Nickelback concert sold out. Did it? That's what I heard. That's what I heard too. Never okay. made it as a, anyway. And so did uh, so did uh, Pink. Pink played that place too, and she sold it out. Yeah, wow. So it was. I was laughing. Did you see saw, when he got off the plane? I, yeah. oh, he oh, looked defeated. <laughs> Death of a salesman. <laughs> I he had originally wanted to do the rally um, outside on on Juneteenth, right? And then they were like, "Don't do that." And right. Then, then a black. Um, what do you call it? Secret Service was like, yo, this is what Juneteenth is and he explained it to him. So Trump originally wanted to move it to Thursday. He didn't want to do it on Saturday because he was like, Saturday's a void for television mm. ratings. Like it's, it just sucks. Nothing. People don't watch TV on Saturday. So he was like, I want to do it on Thursday. And then the people in his camp talked him out of doing it on Thursday and then moved it to Saturday because they're like, well, people won't be able to show up because they have to work the next yeah. morning. And I'm thinking... If I'm Trump, I'd have been like, the people who want to see me are going to come fucking regardless. Right. I'm the goddamn president. Yeah. Who gives a fuck if you have to go to work the next day? Exactly. Moving it to Saturday just means I'm going to get more opposition. So whoever the people were in his camp who talked him out of doing Thursday. Need to be fired. Woo-wee. Well, yeah, that guy's already, Brad Pascal is already on the hot seat. If if by the time his this. Twitter was blowing up. If he, he was bragging about it, with this first president ever to do an indoor and an outdoor speech because he and Pence were going to give two speeches that night. It was going to be this huge extravaganza, and like on the like, if you sell a million tickets, you you can look at the data. They had two, three hundred thousand people from that area, from a drivable distance. So you don't know how many people are going to show up. But when it's forty five minutes before, and it's just like a deserted parking lot, and there's nobody there, he I watched the speech. He came out. He was so pissed off. It was the exact opposite of what most Trump rallies are, which is like that stand-up comedy, you know, carnival atmosphere. He was so mad. You could just see in his face he was pissed off. He didn't mention the crowd at all. It it was... That little area where they stand, like the standing room only area. There was some guy in a Patrick Mahomes jersey, and I'm like, "How can you be so clueless? It's like you're you're wearing a black dude's jersey uh. at a fucking Trump rally. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, I think they got him good, y'all. I, I it was really so do. good. <clears throat> I think they got him good. Well, I was talking about the black lady who was there. I think she, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, she's the black woman who Trump just let out of prison. Mm. That. Uh, we need to check that, but I think that's why I think she's the black lady because uh, I saw her on a Breakfast Club today, and um, they somehow. Her name is. No, I don't even know her name, but I think yep. she's the one who he just let out of prison. They had they they had probably half a dozen to a dozen black supporters in the background. They had a black pastor give the invocation. They had a black person give the the pledge. Like they were, they were really pushing that as much as they could. I know, I don't know why Trump 
try so hard to reach the black community because we don't fuck with him and he know it well yeah. you know and, and, and the, the lady who was on the breakfast club this morning i can't think of her name you see her name I'm, I'm she made some good him. points about the democratic party where with you know they just want us to give up give them our votes well if we had something to choose between, because I don't want to not vote. Too many people died for me to vote. Mm-hmm. And for the last, f- between Hillary and, and, and uh, Trump, and now Trump and Biden, for the last two terms, y'all have really gave us nothing to vote for. Yeah. I mean, with Obama and with um, with uh, Bush, who did Obama run against? Um, Romney and McCain. Romney, you kind of get you and McCain. You kind of had something. Even me as a Democrat, I kind of like some of the stuff that fucking not McCain. What's the other one name? Romney, Romney. was talking about. Yeah. I was. I came really close to voting for Romney. Mm-hmm. I really did. So I kind of felt like I had a choice there. I mean, I, I didn't vote. My first vote was Bill Clinton, and I've been voting Democrat ever since. But this is the first time where you almost feel like you're forced to vote for this person because this other person is such a piece of shit. I think everybody views 2020 in the presidential election as like us. Like, that's when I talk to my Republican friends, they all look at it as self protection. Like, I don't think there's anybody except like the hardcore MAGA people that are excited to vote in this presidential election. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Like, you know, they look, everybody looks at it like I have to defend myself with my vote because the other side is so insane. You know, I think that's like across the board when I talk to people. Yeah. I mean, I I, I mean, if we had somebody else there to vote for that was Republican, because I'm not a big fan of Biden, you know, I mean, he sucks. <laughs> he he don't suck really harder than what yeah. didn't Trump do. He is he, they're they're both suck on the same coin. So Biden is suck tails, Trump is suck heads. Like they fucking tails suck. Tails you to win. So um I mean, but I I wish we I do wish we did have something better. I if if I had a better candidate, if 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 um what's the old man name? Uh, who they just keep kicking out every time he get a little lead, they kicking red out. Bernie Sanders. If he was in it, I would feel a lot better with my vote. Uh huh. I think anybody would buy him because I almost felt like they just gave him the nominee. But it's so they bad. They did give him the well, nominee. They That's did give literally him the nominee. what happened. He was but last, and then he was so, first. And we're like, what? It is so bad with Trump that you, do, as a black, as a black person, as as most black people, ninety nine percent of us, we just won't even fucking stop to listen to him. Yeah. Because he's so racist, he's so ugly, and the shit he say to people. I mean, it's like Who, he Biden? it's never his fault. No, I'm talking about Trump. Oh, okay. It's if, never his, he have no respect for nobody. Here's the thing that I there's two Trumps, mm-hmm. right? There's Trumps when he's on Twitter, which is who he really is. Yeah, and then there's Trumps at his rallies and on TV, the scripted Trump. Right. Like if you listen to Twitter Trump. You know exactly how he feels about everybody in this country. Yeah. There's no mistake. You can't be confused. You can't be, oh, they always say, well, he was just kidding. He don't be kidding on Twitter. <laughs> Whatever he tweets out is what he fucking means in his yeah. heart. That is the real shit. And then when you get him on TV, that's all the, the you know, edited shit that all his advisors say, we'll do it this way. And it's the system. Yeah. yeah. No, I that, heard that Stephen King had some, is this his name? His son-in-law? Oh, Jared. No, Stephen Smith. 
What's the what a creepy ass son-in-law name who married Jared, to Ivanka? Jared Kushner. Jared, I, what the fuck? I, he look like a Stephen King looking motherfucker. <laughs> Stephen King hates Donald Trump. I know, but I heard that he had some linked emails talking about uh, white nationals. Uh, he just being straight racist in the Repu- Republican Party. I think you're t- oh, you're talking about Stephen Miller. Miller. I yes. know his name was Stephen something, goddammit. So, all right. What Donald Trump is doing, a lot of it is intentional, and people are going to think that, that I'm crazy, but this is straight out of the alt-right playbook, of which Stephen Miller is a part of. Stephen Miller is a guy who worked for... Um, the Alabama senator who became the attorney general who's running again, I, the little guy that looks like the keeper. Jeff Sessions. Yes, Jeff Sessions. And he's the architect of all of the anti-immigration policy. That was his big thing. He's the one who has like all these, like he was in white nationalist forums, leaked emails with him saying racist stuff. And he's your typical alt-right guy. If you don't know what that is, watch the documentary on Netflix. It's really good. But what Donald Trump's team does is they schedule a rally on Juneteenth in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which to people in Plainfield, where I grew up, that are white, that means nothing. But to the two of you, it means everything. They are reducing trans protections and reducing gay adoptions during Pride Month. He's quoting segregationists from the 60s. Um, he's using he's using Nazi symbols in his campaign to fight against Antifa. Like, none of these things to the majority of the country mean anything, but it inflames and pisses off the people who have the full context of what's happening. And then when the groups go, that's outrageous, Every everybody else, especially Trump supporters, go, you're overreacting, it's not that, what are you talking about, Juneteenth in Tulsa? And then that online fight, everybody gets into a fight, everybody walks away mad, everybody gets more emotional, everybody gets pissed off, and they sit back and laugh that they've trolled the entire country. And so he's using alt-right tactics to inflame minorities in this country to get his supporters to view a culture war that's taking place while he stands up and goes... There are leftists in this country. He's creating a new red scare, like in 1917, or the House, or or you know, in the in the 50s with the communists, or infiltrating Hollywood. It, it or Muslims are going to get you in 2003. What he's doing is typical of what reactionary politics is about. They they subtly create this division over here and inflame all these tensions, and then he stands up and goes. If you don't vote for me, leftists are going to invade your Applebee's and going to take over, <laughs> and I'm the only one that can protect you, and I'm strong, and I'm going to have law and order. And and then everybody goes, oh, he's the only one who can... Joe Biden can't handle it. He's weak. He's hiding in his basement. And and it's all bullshit that he's creating, all of this drama, and then over overemphasizing stuff that, like... And Stephen Miller's the architect of all of it because he's an alt-right troll. But see, but that's the, that's the thing. For the majority of people, it's not a big deal. Right. The dog whistling. It's not right. a big deal. But when you're getting dog whistled at, it is a big deal. Yeah. And so when you minimize the... Let's take a break. Okay. Right. What was I saying? I don't know. <laughs> we were talking about um, the, the dog whistling. Yes. Yeah. And what I don't understand is, is how... People who can't hear the dog whistle get tricked by the dog whistler. They don't understand why the people who hear the dog whistle are so upset. And it's like the the silent majority that all the things the dog whistle is talking about, how these people are going to take everything. And like the changing of America is coming. Yeah. 
What I don't understand is, is why people are fighting so because when you break down what you're really fighting for, don't the people on the left are asking that for everybody. That's right. that's all they're asking for. They want freedom of religion for everybody, not just Christians. Why does a Muslim having his own mosque in his neighborhood bother you? Like half of you motherfuckers aren't real Christians anyway because you don't love your neighbor. Like the and you're racist. I mean the biblical and you mistreat people aspect of Christianity is not being followed at all in this country. You can't worship money and Christ at the same time. And America does definitely not worship anything other than money. Yeah. It's and not it, and even it's, close. It is so hard to believe that you're a Christian, but you would allow, but you say your president a Christian, but you ain't never seen this nigga in church. He held a Bible upside down. It said Bible. I don't even think it said Bible. What do Bible say upside down? It's a, it's, some reporter called <laughs> out. Bay. Some reporter called out and goes, "Is that your Bible?" It's a Bible. <laughs> it's literally what he said. Uh, I mean, he so, says two Corinthians. No one says like nobody says that. Yeah. Who goes to church? Nobody says two Corinthians. That's what I don't understand. I say, I say, when he, when you ask people who support Donald Trump, which that's your right, but you ask them, you say, well, would you would would you want your husband to talk to you the way he talked to women? Those women reporters, he talked to them like shit, and the men too. What you want? What you want anybody talking to you like that? See, that's what that's what happened. People don't put themselves in other people's position. If you was out there doing your job, whether they thought you was fake news or not, you're doing your job. Would you want somebody to treat you the way he treat people? And it's I never see a reason why he should treat somebody the way he do. He, if you if you're gonna lie, just lie, dude. But lie with respect. <laughs> lie, lie, I'm being honest. Lie with respect. You ain't. I know call. you're being honest, but what? <laughs> lie with respect. You don't have to call nobody. No, no. Uh, did you bring the? He told that Chinese lady, "Did you bring the flu over here, Chinaman?" I said, "God damn!" <laughs> he called it the Kung Flu at the rally he the did. other day, and I, I and I and and I think the point she's trying to make is you don't have to do that. You don't have. That's to That's not be, necessary. All you do is all you do is you you to me you you flame a racist base when you saying something like the Kung Flu. That's like if if now let's be honest. White people are known to have lice. Lice, yes. If we walk around and call y'all hell roach head, that wouldn't be nice, right? No, but <laughs> if Obama was at a rally and said you roach heads, chunky hunkies, getting on my motherfucking nerves, <laughs> that would be rude to me. Some black people would cheer him on, but I wouldn't want Obama to say that about your hair or your size or your hunkiness. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's fucking I don't rude. think the leader of the free world should be on any side talking about being engaged like and re- just stuff that's beneath the office of the presidency. Like, I mean, come on, Chris. What would it look like for Obama to say, you roach-head hunkies, chunky hunkies? That's funny to me. Well, uh, you roach-head... No, <laughs> uh, uh, no Michelle, I... Uh, so... Uh, said you got lice. Let me try it. <laughs> let me try to explain it I from... chunky hunky uh, like uh, Chunky hunkies. Uh, didn't vote for me. <laughs> uh, what I think... You you roachhead motherfuckers <laughs> need to understand. It's like the way <laughs> fucking terrible. Keegan did the uh, Obama translator. 
<laughs> now you see Hold how on to your lily white butts. <laughs> so let me explain my people. No, let me say this. Do you see how rude that would be if he stood up as president and said that shit? That's like that's like if 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 uh Bill Clinton stood up and said, I fucked that fat bitch with a scissor. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she wasn't fat when he fucked. <laughs> for a white girl that's fat <laughs> they gotta be bones so do you see how rude that is I fucked the bitch with a cigar yeah I fucked her and what else he said he did not have I did not have a sexual relation with the bitch but I fucked her with a cigar a cheap cigar too and she pulled the paper off the cigar go ahead Chris. I just want to show you how rude it would be for the president of the United States to say shit I, like that. No, I think that they, it it is rude, and that's what they like. Now you have to you have to differentiate between there are his base. What we're doing right now is we're picking the nuttiest parts of both extremes. Like there are MAGA cult people who are his supporters. Okay, but the left wouldn't tolerate Obama talking like that. Is what I think our argument is. It's like we Republicans would, re- they always just say, oh, he's tongue in cheek. Oh, he's just, because they know how fucking ridiculous it is. And instead of just being like, you know what? We hear y'all. We're going to check this motherfucker. Hey, stop talking like this. You're embarrassing the fuck out of us. And he's like, Ooh. the world, the he, world. He don't, he, they don't do that. And so he keeps doing it. And the, it just makes it makes like all that, Republicans that, look shit. No, but that argument walked away when it, it's the prisoner's dilemma. You know, where one prisoner's on one side, the other prisoner, the cops come in and say, your partner's spilling on you. Both sides had this fake-ass view of, we're going to be honorable, it's going to be... We're gonna be. But the left walked away when Bill Clinton, when they protected him during impeachment at all costs. Let me say this. They, well, hold you on. You can't let me protect nobody from getting no pussy, Chris. Come on. That was that man, Ben. She gave that man that pussy. He, Bill Clinton did not cheat on us. He cheated on Hillary. So let me say this. <laughs> uh, who the fuck don't want to fuck the president? J.F. Kennedy fucked everybody from your mama to your auntie to your grandmama. Even if they, he didn't fuck them physically, they had a poster that they were playing with. They clicked with him. It, every bitch had a click. Click a motherfucking a poster of John F. Kennedy. Let me don't don't give me that left shit. You can't fucking get mad because somebody get a president of the United States of America some pussy. He was cute. He was good looking, and she needed a fucking raise. You what just, are you talking you about? Just no, illustrated nobody everything is, I'm talking. No, about. ain't nobody. I'm talking about a rude racist. At least he didn't say the bitch pussy stink after he got a pussy. Now that would have pissed me off because it wasn't nobody being it. Monica Lewinsky pussy stink. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Now let me tell my it went out the door with Bill Clinton. Let me tell you something. Okay, Chris. do you do you want to thirty seven? No, you, no, 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 no. Do you want to understand no, the no, other side, or do you want to just yell nigga. at them? I want you to understand something. It ain't a bitch on this earth that wanna suck. Don, I mean, not Don, want to suck Bill Clinton dick. Bill Clinton was so goddamn cute. I was twelve and I was trying to suck his dick. He probably would have let you. <laughs> No, I was 18. I was 18. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein Island. He was there a couple times. Fuck is you talking about? At least he cute. 
Yeah, so what he, he had a fucking affair. Chris, everybody having an affair. They don't fuck them old white bitches they married to. Who the fuck do you think is fucking Mitch McConnell with that chicken neck? Well, uh, <laughs> I've been trying to get some pussy. Uh, <laughs> that black man's going to take my job. <laughs> Me, uh, how you think? Uh, come on, to, to fucking fuck, uh, to ride, motherfucker, bitch, to get on top of Mitch McConnell. They got a whole right, on to how are neck. you going to, you just did exactly what I'm, try, I'm trying to explain. It, honor only matters when it's a Republican. It doesn't no. matter when it's a Democrat. You don't want to hold him oh, accountable. Shut the fuck and up, then you want to, and I then like. you want to talk over me and tell me to shut up and don't have an opinion. My opinion's more before before Bill Clinton. What was his name? The son H W or George? That was after Bush. Right. I like Bush. He was honorable. Only thing he fucked up. No, he wasn't. Um, I um, killed he, like a million Iraqis. But other than that, he's well, a great guy. I liked. I liked him. He was never not. I think you're arguing two different points. Your argument is is you shouldn't be mad at what Bill Clinton did in secret. Your argument is you can't say one guy did something bad and then not say that the other side did something. So bad, I I right? was I was getting a haircut on Saturday and is Bill Clinton the only Republican that you, Democrat you know that fucked up? Because all president have a fails. John F. Kennedy wanted the good. I'm a libertarian. They can all eat a dick and die. Like well, blow well, up Congress. I don't even know. You the shouldn't even vote because you someone. don't even have nobody to vote for. With that fake ass party you got, you give my motherfucking everyday libertarian shit. Yeah, fuck nigga, everybody. That, that's right. Fuck everybody. I don't even take your fat ass to the motherfucking polls, <laughs> nigga. So mad <laughs> because Ain't I said shit for you to vote for. You take your Donald Duck looking ass. <laughs> She's so pissed off right now. <laughs> I'm a libertarian. Nigga, you better look like a lettuce head to me. <laughs> you lettuce head motherfuckers never voted for me. <laughs> I'd vote for lettuce head motherfucker over I'm Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Or Donald Trump. I'm, I'm a you. libertarian. What the fuck do that mean? You might well be a Libra and call that your soul. Your fucking, what is it, sign? Go. You were saying about your haircut. Yeah, tell us about your shitty ass haircut for eight dollars at the Great Clip this weekend. <laughs> Are you done? You don't gotta take that shit for burn. Put your foot down. Put your foot down. Uh, Talk about my president got his dick so You mad because you ain't getting your dick up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm getting my haircut, and my who gives a fuck? My barber basically says, "Fuck your barber." <laughs> Shut up, nigga. Sam. <laughs> Something along the lines of like, and this guy's not a Republican, just a blue collar guy. Yo, fuck him. <laughs> she not gonna stop, so just keep going. Uh, and he basically says, "Eat me." <laughs> we need to take a break. Let's take a break. Let we already go. took a goddamn. No, break. we're taking a second so you can no. compose yourself, readjust your wig. No, finish telling us what the fuck you talking about with this old pussy barber. Turn the fan on. Cool your titties off. All right, so he so he basically says something along the lines. He's like, listen, I don't like the guy, but I just was off work for two weeks. The second they finally got around to my unemployment, I was denied because I, was, I had to go back to work. They reopened my store. You know, I, I went two months without income for something that doesn't even seem like it's real because, you know, people don't think that it's real because it's not affecting them. White people. He goes, so he goes... Uh, and then I turn on the news and everybody who told me that I couldn't go to work is now telling the left that they can go protest. And I'm sitting here going, why couldn't I go to work and make money when those people can go and protest? But then when my people started to stand up for me, 
they were made, you know, it's like that. It, Ain't that nobody hip-hop, told no white person that, hip- that they couldn't go protest. Ain't nobody, yeah, can't nobody please. tell you. Please. The about- whole Donald Trump Tulsa rally is all about how he's spreading COVID. And then NBC News and the literally within five minutes posts a story saying how. Here's the. But that's hit, a, hold on, no hold on. But I'm trying. Hold on. Ain't not nobody. Ain't nobody told them people to go protest. Hold on. Donald Trump got a building and said, y'all niggas, let's go on the I inside. Get that. I get no, that distinction. Hey, don't, don't you dare compare protesting to a fucking Donald Trump rally. So you tell your white ass, great clip barber, he telling the motherfucking lie on the east side. Let me say this to you, nigga. Donald Trump was trying to put 20,000 people in a closed-in building. No motherfucking six seats apart. A protest is outside, and ain't nobody told him a killing, killing us is what made the protest come up. Stopping George Floyd nuts out on his throat is what caused the fucking protest. Get it. You act like niggas just go protest. Let's go protest day. We only protest when you kill us. I'm not saying I believe this. I'm telling you what he was saying. Well, give me his phone number so I can express all this anger and this backup and this fucking hot flash. I get it, but he's angry too. Fuck him. That's exactly the problem. Is that your attitude is fuck him? I'm not going to listen to him. I'm going to tell him he's a piece of shit, and his opinion doesn't matter. You said that, that hypocrisy is you, what drives. But it's not. It's not. It's hip- not hypocrisy. His oh, argument. He to you fast. His, like, I don't know. No. I ain't got no iPhone, and I can't figure out what hypocrisy means. <laughs> the arguments are not the, the same. same. You so said. why did the country shut down for two weeks? Because I you cannot mandate people's health. You cannot mandate as a country, hey, I'm going to put your life at risk because you need to go to work. Mm-hmm. That's the argument that your barber is like, well, why can I go to work? Because it's a health risk that if companies said you have to be here, but they gave you nothing to protect yourself with, they would be liable. You are liable if you go out to those protest rallies. Thank you. Sure. No one made you go do that. Thank you. No one said it was and legal or illegal. Start? The government cannot stop a group of people from, from protest. protesting. But they can, stop they you can definitely tell you, hey, this is a health risk, which you will assume all liability if you do that. That's the difference. So I get why your, your barber is upset, Super but cool. he's mad at the wrong thing. I get that, but he's... That backlash of being out of work for two months is still there. That anger is still there. He, he so he needs to he direct it at the right people, which is your president. But the, the I got I just went and checked the PO box and I got a postcard that says President Trump CDC guidelines. We intellectually know that Donald Trump is the one that really pushed the shutdowns. Right? He's the one who pushed the governors to shut down. We understand that intellectually, but you have a bunch of right-wing talk radio show hosts and a president and and all the grifters that come along with him like Candace Owens that push a worldview. They step up and they go, that hypocrisy is outrageous and they're out to get you and I'm the only one standing in between you. That's why they feel the way that they do. And doubling down has not solved that problem. Trying to have a conversation like so we have listening here. listening to grifters has caused the, the... Is that what you're saying? The grifters caused the problem, right? Because they only so get one set of information. what can a grifter do if you don't listen to them? Not a fucking thing. Exactly. So who's responsible for that? The grifter's going to sell you bullshit. It's your job not to purchase it. That's your responsibility 
as an how can a person on the other side see right through a grifter's bullshit but you fall for it explain that you both have the same amount of information right so, so you chose to get grifted because you for whatever reason in your heart felt that the other side was wrong and you can flip it the other way if you're on the right wing and you know you know the same thing it, it goes both sides it's on the individual to listen to both sides and before you make a decision, do all the research that you can from every news site that you can. Not just Fox News, not just CNN, not just MSNBC. Not just social media. Not just social. Stay the fuck off Facebook if that's where you get your news from. <laughs> Seriously, stop. The shit is so fake on Facebook. Like, you have to. That's, Hold on for a second. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut up. Part, part of why I'm able to. This podcast is a huge part, and the audience that it uh, I, I have access to, it allows me to see a different perspective. It, it gives allows, you experience. It gives me that diversity increases my ability to see other. I can yeah, see I would clearly tell people all the time how Black Panther fights you have came. It's true. It scares me. What what you, when you, you been, gain experience, you gain knowledge of yeah. things you weren't aware of before. And people, he wasn't that's aware the problem. Of shit. That's the problem with people who just go to the, the fucking. Uh, news for to go to the media Super for their cut. news like you have to speak to someone who has an experience that isn't written about in the paper let me break that down for you so what he's saying is you just can't get your hair cut at Supercut. you gotta go to the hood and get your hair cut and get your car broken into and robbed to get the experience from all people i got a box cut once it wasn't that good <laughs> no i think but my what my point back to you guys and to our audience is mm-hmm. think about how you approach that person who is a trump supporter and are you coming because, and I'm not saying you two, but not Dion at least, that that like. I have a lot of Trump supporters that I like. I don't know what you're talking about. I say what I got to say and keep moving. That's your right. There's a difference between being blatantly racist and an, and a bias that is just deeply ingrained that people are not aware of. To and who? So the non-racist when, hold on. or the racist? Or when you approach somebody immediately and saying you're a racist. As a lot of a lot of my left leaning Facebook friends just make declarative statements of like it it doesn't work because that person just goes right back into their identity uh, instead of uh, what we're doing here, which is having a conversation so in a safe that on? place. Who is that on? It's on both sides. No, it's Abs- if I give you information to make your life better and you retreat because you don't like the way it feels, that's on you. No, no. There is a way to communicate information, Dion. What, what difference does it make? However you feel about the information is irrelevant. Is it true or is it not true? That's that's my biggest. That's why the change has taken so long, because people are more concerned about their feelings than the actual information they need to hear. If if you do something that's racist or even racist adjacent and someone tells you about that and your first response is, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. This is just it's not fair that you're calling me a racist like motherfucker. Well, you did the thing. You did the thing, whether you're conscious of it or not. That's the breakdown that you need to accept. People have been telling people for years how racist, how deep. How much racism affects literally everything that goes on in this country. And then when you bring it up to somebody, you're just like, oh, I don't like the way you told me that because it made me feel bad. Motherfucker, I've been living that my whole life. 
Why why would I take the time to placate your feelings when you haven't given a shit about mine for for 400 years? Chris, that so doesn't I make was, any sense. Praise Jesus. You were saying how the uh, white people need the subtle approach. And my argument was it doesn't fucking matter what the approach is because black people didn't get the subtle approach to America. We just got thrust into it. And if you can't if you're really wanting to listen and change if you really believe that racism is a problem, it it shouldn't matter if they come in guns blazing or if they come in, you know, reading rainbow style. The message is what you need to get. And if you are blocking the message because of your emotions, that's part of the system that perpetuates the the racism that goes on in this country is because feeling attacked when no one's attacking you, becoming the victim when you're not a victim is what perpetuates the system that's operated for 400 plus years. Right. And so I say this to everybody who's listening. If, if you're having conversations with, with people and their first, them hearing it for the first time shuts them down, then you need to check them on that. You need to check them on that. You, if you shut down because you don't like the way the message was told instead of what the message says, that's your problem. You're not looking at the solution. You're looking at them. Oh, I don't like the way you said it to me. You should. It, it's the same thing we were talking about Donald Trump. He could get his message across if he wasn't saying it the way he says it. Mm-hmm. And because he says it the way he says it, he belittles the office. He ostracizes all these people. Whereas if he was smoother, like Obama was, he could reach a lot. He would get much more credit if he let that bully bullshit go. Because everybody knows you're not tough. Everybody knows you can't fight. Everybody knows you have small hands. Everybody knows your dick's little. Crowd like, size very small. Yeah, everybody knows that. Like the lies that he beefs up, it's provable. Like we can go check that. I guess the, what I would ask the two of you is what, when you look at the change in me over the past year and a half, what approach did you have in talking to me we didn't let you run we didn't let you run Mm -hmm. that was so many times you was uncomfortable and you was pink and you know i knew in your eyes that you wanted to quit but it also was was just because i was getting yelled at uh you think he's yelling we just call it talking (laughs) uh but I mean, we t- I tell Dion this all the time. I, I you know, I kind of, I take a I menu, is that the right word? For staying. Commend. Commend you for staying. I said a men. I don't know what the fuck they mean. I don't know what fuck I'm talking about. I commend you for staying because so many times I've started conversation with white people. I wasn't even yelling and they just don't want to believe. Me. I don't want to hear that because you don't want to hear the truth. You know, like, I mean, think about it like this, Chris. Why is there so many black movies made? And white people don't take the time to to, to, to go see it. Because they don't want to deal. I mean, 12 Years a Slave is a heavy movie. I have not even seen 12 Years a Slave. But don't you want to know the history? Don't you? Mm-hmm. If you will watch movies that talks about our history, you'll know why, what the fuck we're talking about. If you watch the movie that we, if you will watch the movie that tells you about black America background, you wouldn't just be learning what the fuck Juneteenth is. We're obsessed with Nazis, but that's their tyranny. We're, we don't want to talk about our tyranny because that's that's yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I would say from my my end, and I guess what I'm trying to express is that trust was built, 
and we didn't just talk about that. There was a there was a connection on a larger set of values and other conversations about other things. It, it it wasn't just about that. Yes, I was willing to be uncomfortable, but you guys wanted to be my friend, and I wanted to be your friend in return. You know what I mean? And so I think that is what I'm I'm trying to get across is that there has to be as we it have was this un, it conversation. Was understanding. Yes, and that's what I really want to get across. Like social media, I think is the worst way to to have a conversation or change minds or hearts or whatever, because it's just so it's driven designed for fights, you know, whereas, but we, we were able to build trust and, and community with each other. What would you be fighting though? You see what I'm saying? Like, like from your perspective, your pushback was from a lack of experience and understanding. Mm Mm-hmm. And so everything we were giving to you was to help you gain experience and gain understanding. The only pushback is an emotional one. Once you once you get past the um, the way you feel about what you're hearing and you start reading it and you start learning it, you're like, oh, f- these people don't hate me. They don't they hate this. They, they, yeah. They're upset about what's continuously happening. And so when people say, why don't you just get over it? Because you, you can't get over something that keeps fuck. You don't just get over cancer. It's not like you wake up one day and be like, whew, glad I got over that. Yeah. Like it's, it's Keep a, coming back. It's a continuous thing. And so every microaggression that happens and then someone with zero experience dealing with that microaggression tells a person who's dealt with it for years, you need to get over it. You need to get over it because I don't see it because it doesn't happen to me. I don't know anybody who's racist. How many friends have you lost off your friend's page after having these conversations? I've lost a bunch of friends who, who have who have made the conscious choice to be all lives matter regardless because they don't want to invest the time and energy and emotion into figuring out what it means what that dog whistle is. Mm-hmm. You know, they just hear something and then they run with it. They don't do any research they don't they don't this is what really upsets me is people don't talk to people with experience like i hear racist people all the time go well i just don't understand racism well who did you speak to that had experience (laughs) in that field if nobody you know experiences racism of course it doesn't fucking exist to you but when someone who does deal with racism and has stories of racism tell you hey this is a thing that happens and it's affected people for years you dismiss that because I've never seen it. I got a greater example. Chris, it's like if you go to suck a titty and one is missing. But had you sucked a titty before that was missing, you were, oh, where the fuck is your right. titty at? You were like, oh, baby, I know, just rub cocoa butt on that one and suck that one. <laughs> you mentioned the word code switching. Can you explain that to people? Yeah, it's what black people... How did you hear that? I didn't hear nothing about no fucking code switching. We were, we were talking about we were, why, yeah. why you were on the Passing phone. Passing gas. <laughs> <laughs> she's been farting so bad. And she's next to the heater. Yeah. Uh, code switching is what it's the way black people move through a white world it's it's what we do to make white people feel comfortable with our blackness yeah so instead of being like yo what up dog it's hey jim how you doing i'll what up dog with miss pat i'll hey chris how are you Mm -hmm. just because we don't want to make you feel uncomfortable it's it's what non-white people do when they go into white space is they switch up who they are they put on the we are all America cloak. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's and that is the biggest issue that this country Not has. Not me. I don't go in and I say, hey, how you doing? 
No, and I think your courage to do that and be yourself, yeah, it pisses some people off, but I think more people like appreciate that about you. Like I don't I think it's funny when you call do I me cold switch. No. I think no. <laughs> I think it's funny when you call me the N word. Like I joke that it makes me uncomfortable, but it makes me laugh every single time. You know, like I'm words. the same person. I'm not yeah. gonna bow down. I am me and that's all I know is me. I'm not gonna say, How you doing, Sarah? What's, See, I don't think she went to school long enough to learn how to code switch. Yeah. <laughs> all I know that's about, something they teach you in high school. Uh, how to all code I know switch. about is switches, which a black mama beat your ass with. And there wasn't no code with them switches. That's all I got to say. Does somebody teach it to you or is it something that's just ingrained? It's, it's, a, it's the same conversation that black parents have with their kids about how to interact with police. You know, white people don't have those. You put your hands on the steering wheel. It's the things you have to do in order to keep white people comfortable. Yeah. And that's taught not only in school, but it's taught at home. It's taught at work. You how you you can't wear your natural hair because it because it makes makes you look unprofessional. Natural hair, dreadlocks. So many people have sued because of dreadlocks. They don't want to see you. You know, I went to I was in a I want to say I was in. Um, Dayton, Ohio, and there's a girl on the news there. And I was doing that little club wildly, me and you. And the news reporter came out, black girl, pretty hat on a wig. Well, when she came out to see me, she was I had fucking dreads. And I was like, you got fucking dreads? And she's like, because she didn't want nobody to recognize her. Mm. And I said to myself, why, why the fuck when you wear your natural hair but then again you never see black people on the news with natural hair because it literally make white america uncomfortable why y'all don't like our hair i don't know i guess our I, hair is soft as a baby ass i've never once like i like this is one of those things that i hear and i and like just because i don't think it and i haven't experienced it like i've never heard anyone in my circle ever say anything about like black hair you know, and so I'm sure it exists, but it's one of those things where, like, I guess I never think about, like, whether you're wearing, like, the, I met you probably a dozen times before I realized you wore a wig. I was just like, her hair is very adaptable. Like, your appearance would change. And I'd be like, what's different with her appearance? I didn't recognize the wig. Like, where I don't get being offended by natural hair. Like, Some people do. Some yeah. people. I remember when Monica, Monica uh, Kaufman, you can look her up. She was, her name has changed now, but she was a news reporter in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, uh, Monica always wore like a short, uh, she always had like a short haircut mm-hmm. back in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. And people would literally call and say, get that nigga off the news with that nappy hair. Mm. And she was like one of the first black news reporters in Atlanta. And it's a story between her and Oprah Winfrey because Oprah was supposed to get that job. And I, if I'm not if I'm not quoting it wrong, her and Oprah went for, up for the same job in Atlanta. And I think Monica Monica Kaufman got it. And Oprah went on ahead and did TV or did something in Chicago. But literally people would call and say, get that monkey nappy head nigga off the news. They, I mean, they really when people. People, when you have dreadlocks, and people don't realize when people have dreadlocks, it's more of a culture thing, a black culture thing, yeah. than anything. And people, people automatically think that you're a thug. I tell you, and I, 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 I'm guilty of it because Junebug has dreads on his head. He's growing them, and I remember I've always kept my kids' hair white America cut low. You know the way they say your kids are supposed to look to fit in, and when he got 
Juma got about 18 and he's grown and he wanted to grow. And I was like, don't put that stupid shit on your head. And he was like, why? I said, because my thing is people going to automatically think that Juma was stupid. They was going to automatically think he was dumb. And the police was going to think he was a weedhead, which he turned out to be a weedhead anyway. But uh, <laughs> those are the things that was going in my mind because white society have taught me as a black America, those are the things that you associate when black people have dreads. They're uneducated. They're ignorant. They're fuck. Their hair is inappropriate. And I have to admit, I'm guilty of it. It's but my an indoctrination. Fucking, my son look good with them fucking dreads on his head. It cover up that egg ass head, forehead. <laughs> I didn't realize how fucking big his forehead was. I was like, God damn, you keep with them dreads. We, nigga, we should have did this shit at birth. Yeah, I think I think what I've talked to a lot of white friends over the last two to three weeks about is, like, I was always surprised at how racist people were over the last few years. <laughs> like, like when I would talk to Southern girls, like friends in Georgia that live in Georgia or Alabama, and they're like in their twenties, and they're like, I can't, I can't, like, I have specific questions that I ask guys to see if they're racist, and I'm like, what? why because everybody's really racist i'm like what like i i, I say it to you all the time I'm like why would they say that you know where like something like that i think the thing that i've heard from friends the most over the last like two or three weeks is i can't believe how racist my dad is i can't believe oh. like there's a changing of consciousness in my friend circle going whoa i didn't realize like all of a sudden why do you need that confederate statue why is this a problem like Holy shit! I didn't realize how racist things were. And you know, the point the point black people make when we walk by a Confederate statue, it's like when you see that statue standing there, you know the fucking history of a Confederate yeah. statue. They say, "Nigga, we still got control." Mm -hmm. But it's like like people. The point we always try to make is Black America. You don't see no motherfucking statues over there where the Jews was at, right? You don't see Hitler. Do they celebrate Hitler like that? As no, statues? it's illegal. Yeah. It's illegal. So if we went through damn near the same things, I mean, some of us was burned and hung also. Why the fuck in America do you think it's right to have these statues on these college campuses where you come to all neighborhood to recruit all kids to make your football and basketball team and all the other shit better? Because we are better. We are better. Athletic. We are better people. So why? I mean, to to, to want to take my child down to Alabama when you know how fucking race you got this fucking Confederate monument standing here, but you but me as a black parent supposed to think that my child is fucking gonna be safe? Yeah, I mean, you saying we're racist when I walk into a campus and see some bullshit like that? You literally saying we're still fucking racist? In Selma, Alabama in 2000, there's a great podcast called White Lies. Selma, Alabama, they elected their first black mayor, and within weeks, they someone erected a Nathan Bedford Forrest statue, who was the first imperial wizard of the Klan. That was 2000. Like, I was graduating high school. You know, you put up his statue. They did. Like, but even he he, here in Indianapolis, we had one statue here in Indianapolis. It's in Garfield Park. I go there all the time. I go there a couple times a week. And I had seen it. You know, it's like this big like it marker of Confederate soldiers that died at a prison camp here in town. I didn't think anything of it, right? Because it's just like, that's sort of weird. Like, we're a union state. Why would that exist? And so when the mayor took it down last week, I went and spent a couple hours researching the history. 
Well, it was put up by Klansmen, and in the 20s, it was moved to Garfield Park to the entrance as a, as a sign. You know, I went last week, and there were, there were five black families in the park and me, and I'm sitting there going, that monument probably never meant anything to me every time I walked by it, but they don't have to walk by it anymore. Like, why Why do we need to preserve that history? Because and it doesn't mean shit to me, but it means everything to those families. It don't mean, first of all, they wasn't even around back in those days. You know what gets me when people are like, my grandfather, grandfather fought in the Confederate. I'm like, first of all, bitch, you can't love nothing you didn't know. So you didn't know your grandfather, grandfather. So what the fuck are you talking about? Let's stop, let's stop saying who fought in the motherfucking war and be fucking honest. Bitch, you're racist. You, re- you want something to tie you to that. Because if I had an uncle that was running right here killing white bitches, I ain't going to claim that nigga. I'm not going to claim that motherfucker. The, the, the pride aspect of your heritage. I don't get where, why are you pride, proud. Like the Southern heritage is just full of fucking hate and misery and losing. Everything you think that it stands for that you're glorifying is negative. Separating from the union is a negative thing. Owning people is a negative thing. The Confederate flag is a negative thing. You can love your great, 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 great grandfather. You can love him, but you can't be proud of him because he was, there was nothing great about if he was alive today, he would get his ass whoop constantly. <laughs> Let's do it that way. If, if, we brought you back to life, and you talked the way you talked back then. Would you get your ass whooped, or would we be like, I love this guy? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's how we know if you're a good dude or not. If Righteousness stands the test of time. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Are they on the right side of history? If your great-great-grandfather was like, why are you letting these niggers run around free? Fuck him. It's that simple. Who cares he's your grandfather? I mean, it's like that young girl who recorded her parents. Uh, who yeah. secretly recorded her parents. Something, this kid was literally being raised racist to me. Just listen to her, question her. You saw the video? Mm-mm. She was questioning her parents on black America, how the daddy said, I work in the ghetto, they're not shit. What did the daddy say? He, he goes, I work with them. All they want to do is live in poverty. I'm about to, I'm about to pull up. The- yeah, so... This kid was probably 15 years old and she secretly recorded. I don't know if she secretly recorded, but the shit that she was spilling out at her parents. I'm looking at the video kind of heartbroken. You know, mm-hmm. like this child is probably underage. She can't go nowhere, but she got her own fucking. No. Can you shut your mouth for a minute? No. Because I actually work in the ghetto. I see the people. Do you know why I they're in that position? I see these people. Do you understand this systematic and historical reason for why they're in that position? They don't care. All they want to do is be ghetto. No. Yes, there's no. There's good people. No. Most of them just want to suck off the system or do something bad like drugs or gangs. And that's all they They have been oppressed. They have not been given the same opportunities you have had. No, they don't, Dad. And you not recognizing that as an issue is the reason why it's still continuing today. But see, so she goes on and on. But the thing that that gets me when you say they, I mean, 
You right. never hear white people talk about white trash. You always want to say black people is sucking out the system. You know, we poor and we're in the ghetto. Well, white people got ghettos too. They just call trailer fucking park. Mm-hmm. You never talk about the people that look like you that sucks off the system. Whereas way more people on welfare than it is on than black people. People like her daddy is 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 the problem we have in this fucking country. Because it's it's bad people in every fucking situation. It's lazy people in every race. It's bad people in every race. It's f- why are you just gonna group all of us? When he said that, I said to myself, "Nigga, I know I make more money than you do," and that fucks with me as a black person. Like I had this conversation with one of my neighbors here in my neighborhood, and we was talking about the whole protest thing. And I really like this person. I won't say who it is, and um, we was discussing race and he literally said well why do you live in this neighborhood and most of y'all know i live in a fucking all-white neighborhood i'm I'm the only all-black family here and that shit kicked me in my chest because that really hurt my feelings because i would never ask somebody why they lived in my neighborhood I, and he, and so i had to bounce back i had to fight back i almost slapped him can you explain like why Give more context for people who are going, well, why is that an offensive question? Well, because it was offensive to me because who the fuck are you to ask me why I live anywhere? Mm. I'm here because I can afford it. I'm here because I work every day. And who the f- don't nobody ask him why the fuck he lives If you here. don't like America, leave. That's what he was saying. Yeah, right. pretty much. Right. Pretty much that's what he said. Well, why did you choose to live here? I was I built my house. I was here before you was. So I said, bitch, I'm here because I make more money than you and I'm rich and I'm not rich, but I had to fight back. <laughs> and he, his fucking Hope we face. we didn't find out about those slippers. <laughs> his face turned red. But I was, cause I like this person and I never thought this person would ask me something like that. I mean, I always thought I was welcome. Like I would always welcome him to my house. But now I see, and he literally was trying to send me all this Trump shit. And I told him, I said, you don't get what he's talking about. These small business will never be able to come back. They don't burn them down. I said, but this man who they killed will never be able to wake up again. And you, I could not put into his head how much a life is more valuable than a motherfucking cookie shop that was burned down. Right. And he literally rubbed me the wrong way. He rubbed me the wrong way. I almost fainted. Because I could not believe he asked me that. Yeah. He literally asked me why the fuck did I live in this neighborhood? And I, what I say to people who, you know, talk about the small businesses, I would go, you always have to go to the lowest common denominator. What is the cause? What is the cause? Had George Floyd not been killed, how many small businesses would we have lost to looting? No. None. Mm-hmm. What caused George Floyd to be murdered? What what was what was the impetus behind police. that man? Racism. Police brutality. Police. Right. How long have we been saying police brutality is bad? Hey, I watched a Richard Pryor clip from nineteen. He was in the seventies, and he said these police will choke the shit out of you. And I'm like, holy shit! I remember Rodney King, but to hear Richard Pryor say this shit in a bit, and I was like, we've been screaming this shit. Before the seventy, have you guys seen LA ninety two? Not Netflix. yet. It's oh, what is it? On? it it's at Netflix. It's about the ninety, and then there's a couple LA riot 
docu- documentaries that are great. But this one ties the Watts riots in 68 to the 92 riots, and they, they're they basically juxtaposing this, the two, and the people in the 60s are saying the same thing as in the 90s, and they're all saying we the same thing. We're still saying the same exact thing. Exact same thing. Police brutality. White people, racist. police officers, black people, like everybody's saying the exact same, everybody's in their same positions. You know, it's it was really like eye-opening to just see how it it doesn't change you talk about the progress we've made as a country and you go fucking what how do you say you progress when you're dealing with the same fucking issue you know i was watching rosewood you seen rosewood Mm -mm. you should watch rosewood i've I've seen it at the movie um it's it's uh it's kind of like black wall street um it was in florida it was in florida um um what was the name? What part of Florida? Rosewood, Florida. Yeah, Rosewood, Florida. But it's a little town next, near Gainesville, too. So anyway, uh, these black people was in this neighborhood. And, you know, they all own their land and stuff like this. And then this white woman was having an affair. And she fucking, the, the man, the side nigga beat her up. And she blamed it on niggers, right? So make a long story short, <laughs> my husband said, um, this is the same shit that went on with Black Wall Street. When white America see black America doing good, they need a way to bring them back down. And they literally killed all of these people and fucking burned them, hung them. And I remember seeing Rosewood at at the movie theater. And I lived in Riverdale, Georgia at the time. And Riverdale was turning. It had just made its first flip on turning black with mostly black people. And so this white, this two white lady come in and watch Rosewood. And if you ever been to a black theater, we get hot when we see shit like that. We talk out loud. And then I remember people saying, that's a lie, white bitch. And the more the black people stream, the two white ladies just sunk in their chairs. And I was like, oh, my God. Why did they come and see this shit? Why did they come to see a matinee? Why you gonna come when all the niggas out? And it was like, so the bitch was fucking a nigga. And they were just hollering out. <laughs> and the white, when the lights came on, the white women did not move. And I was sitting like a row behind them. And I said, come on, I'll walk y'all. Like, y'all gonna be all the way. <laughs> But they scared it. So at when you see Rosewood for the first time, it's really touching and how fucked up America is. It's just how racist these motherfuckers were. And so the white woman was crying. Black people was crying because I had never heard of Rosewood until I seen the movie. And these white women was bawling, crying. And I had shed a few tears, too, because I was like, this is so fucked up. Yeah. And I, and I just told myself, I'm never going to see no more black movies in public because black people don't know how to act. <laughs> I was yelling, too. Stankin' hoe! <laughs> dirty ass white bitch! <laughs> but, like, uh, for you to say to them, I'll walk you out, is a touch of empathy and grace I don't that think anybody was going to mess. Yeah, you didn't have about. to do that, but that was like very kind of you. And I guess that, like I get the like white fragility and what you're talking about. And like, if you guys hadn't shown, it's what we talked about with Gariana a couple episodes ago. You know, it's like, I'm not going to pretend that I even understand the rage or the anger. And I, you know, the anger that you had at the beginning when we started talking about this stuff like, I don't understand that because I've not experienced it. I don't know mm-hmm. it. And we understand it. But I needed your grace and I needed your empathy walking through all this stuff. You know, and I think that's what I'm trying to get across is that I get white fragility exists and I get that it's not fair and I get that it's exhausting. 
Like, and it's not your job to get me to understand. Like, you can read the book White Fragility and figure the shit out on your own if you're not willing to do it. But y- the friendship of the two of you led me from a place where I wasn't racist, but I wasn't anti-racist. You know, yeah. to where I am now, where I'm using the the white libertarian conservative culture that I come from talking to those people, losing hundreds of followers a day in some instances because I'm pushing them. And I wouldn't have gotten there had it not been for the empathy and the, the grace that you guys showed me and the audience has shown me throughout, you know, and that's sort of where I'm coming from. It's like my barber shouldn't think the things that he thinks, but he's never going to get there if I don't push him. You know, and I am not able to push him if I weren't pushed by you guys. You know, and I think that's the trade-off that it's not it's fair. Each one teach one. Yeah, it's not it's, fair that you have to do it. Here's or the thing: and we though. understand. It, we understand when white I appreciate America. it. It's coming, whether you like it or not. Exactly right. It's coming, yeah. and th- that's what people who don't want to get it need to understand. There's literally nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah, because the the. The point where you had a chance to put an end to it has passed. It's just like global warming. We done fucking burnt the fuel, baby. The 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 wick is lit and the shit's gonna blow. Like the tipping point is coming. When they when he kneeled on George Floyd's neck and we all watched it, when they put cameras on phones to where we can all record the bullshit that happens in this country. You, that was your that was your chance. The you can added, tell because look who's protesting. You got you know one of the most touching things that I saw. Well, it was a whole bunch of white women, mm-hmm. and they said when he yelled "Mama," he yelled for all of us. And when I saw that, that just made that just warmed me, made me warm because no matter that those white women did not give birth to George Floyd, I know what it feel like to be a black mom. But something in that video touch those groups of white women to make a sign and say when you when he yell mother he yell for all of us i have a theory on this because i've talked to a lot of my female friends about it and the amount of sexual violence and domestic violence that women in this country go through they understand the psychology of domination better than men do they understand what donald trump is really saying and who he really is They understand what that cop is really like. And when they tried to go get help from the police, they were denied. You talk to any female friend who's been through domestic violence and tried to get help, it is is Derek Chauvin time and time again. And so when the George Floyd video comes out, they go, fuck that, that guy's lying, and I'm on their side. And when women... Change, women change cultures throughout history. Every single time they stand up and say enough, the culture changes. The other thing is when the youth change. That little, that like 15-year-old girl having the courage to stand up to her parents and then put it online. The Vietnam War ended because protesters went back to talk to their parents and said this is a fucked up war and you got to stop supporting it and they then put the pressure on nixon to actually get out of vietnam and so you're right the politics of domination is over there is no coming back and you have a choice if you're if you're me if you're a white christian protestant male coming from a place of privilege i have every ability to choose to just vote for donald trump lessen the amount of competition that I can have economically, keep those Mexicans out of this country. You you can choose that path, but you're 
you're not going you're on the wrong side of history you're gonna lose you're going you've already lost you just need to admit that empathy and nonviolent peaceful solutions are the future and there's no fight like the harder you fight the worse it's gonna get for everybody yeah. you know you see the, it's did you over see the, the man with his kids somebody had put like a mirror in the road that said black lives matter he went out there with paint and painted over it I mean, that's just to me, teacher, you know, you want to say all lives matter, but then nothing changed. Yeah. Nothing literally changed. I mean, if you're going to say all lives matter, why don't I feel comfortable as a parent? Let my black children go out into this fucked up world. You don't have. Why don't I have the same comfort as you do? All lives don't matter. Just your fucking white life matters. And that was that, you know, for me, me sitting there watching this man with these kids, these four people, I don't even know if they was kids. It was four adults. They could have been teenagers with him. Paint black over black lives matter. I said, you got to be a hateful motherfucker to do something like that. You, You really have to be that those words bother you to the core that made you go and buy paint get out the fuck out of your shitty ass car in the middle of the street and paint black lives i mean paint over black lives matter i seen a post that said nobody said all lives didn't matter we just telling you black lives matter because it's life that you act like you don't give a fuck about I've, this is what i've heard is people say what happened to george floyd was terrible and i agree but i don't like the way they're doing it and I'm like, well, if that's how you feel, you had how much time to do it any other fucking way that you wanted to get done? He wasn't the first one. But that you didn't move. You didn't get off your ass. You didn't get off your ass. You just said that was terrible. And then you went back to living the life you live. And if you're one of those people, I really, really, really want you to understand this. You're the reason why progress isn't happening. You're responsible because you're blocking the flow that that what about this? What about that? Well, how come this? If you're asking these bullshit questions that have nothing to do with the change that is coming. If you're not if you're not doing the things that you need to do to get the answers that you keep asking, if you're not willing to go get the experience that you're lacking, if you just expect somebody to tell you. Well, how come Black Lives Matter is a thing, but not all lives matter? If if you ask that question and you have done it, nothing to go get the answer for yourself, you're part of the fucking problem because you're just asking questions. You're you don't really want an answer. Yeah. But anytime there's a political argument with but in it, disregard everything that came before the but. Like those you're, those people are not hearing you because they're if you hear the truth, if you understand the truth. You have a responsibility to do something about it if you understand the problem. And so that's what the whataboutism is about. They don't want to hear that, well, I don't think that Mexican children were being uh, sleeping in their own filth on the border. That's a lie. The media just made that up. Because once you hear about it, you might actually have to treat that little child like they're a human being and do something about it. And that's the problem that I have with a lot of what goes on. Fake news. Like, I... I I just remember my neighbor said, uh, my neighbor said, uh, he said, well, am I wrong if I only want to worry about me and my family? I said, but you say you're a Christian and God say they should love their neighbors. The Bible say that you should love, you should love that neighbor. I said, so if you next door to me, you only give a fuck about yourself or you in my neighborhood and you only give a fuck about yourself, then you're not a true Christian. I was literally standing in my yard one day 
I was standing, because we got a rapper, we don't went through long. I was standing in my yard one day doing rocks, and I think I told this story before. And um, uh, a sheriff car pulled up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we was, he got out the car, and I'm like, what the fuck this motherfucker want? Anybody got no wants? We just moved here. And he's like, hey, howdy, I'm your neighbor. And you know where you get your rocks from? I was like, oh, so he's nice. My other white neighbor, a couple of those damn panic. Ran up here and said, Leave my motherfucking black neighbors alone. They ain't did a motherfucking thing. <laughs> what the fuck? Y'all said, What the fuck is wrong with this man? He went off on the sheriff. And the sheriff was like, Dude, calm down. I just want to know what, where they get the rocks from. He was like, Oh, he ain't fucking with y'all. I said, I think you fucking with him. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember him from that. I think we had just had a killing like a couple days before mm. of black people. Uh, somebody black had just got killed by the police or something. And I don't know if he had been watching the news, but he literally fucking flipped. And every time I see him now, he wants to give me a hug and he wants me to know he get it. He don't really have conversation about race with me. He, he always waving. If I'm outside, he want a hug. And I, I was like, what the fuck is in this dude? I mean, he really cared. I mean, my the other the sheriff was my neighbor too. I didn't know him, but he literally had a question. But for my other neighbor to jump out of the car and literally panic because they saw a white person in uniform talking to black people, you got to ask yourself, where the fuck are we in times? That's a good question. Where where are you in, in your position of this race stuff? Where are you? Are you the guy that's asking, well, what about this? What about Chicago? Are you are you researching why Chicago's the way it is or are you just asking the question to argue? Because if you're not researching why Chicago is the way it is, if you're not willing to do the work, then you need to understand and accept the fact that you're one of the racist people. Like if that's all you have to offer to the conversation is what about this? What about this? And you haven't done any research to the question you keep asking. People keep presenting you with their experience and you say well what about this it's like we had a conversation with a fan i won't say his name but fuck that guy yeah he was fucking piece of shit i mean he just kept going on and oh i blocked the shit out of him chris (laughs) i just said finally i just said you know you could talk to chris dm but i'm not gonna get through to you you know you got your mind made strangely didn't talk to me Oh, he said you would answer him back. I said, because Chris is not going to fucking entertain this bullshit with you. Yeah. You know, Chris ain't going to entertain you. You you know, he was like, he literally ran off all of these black people that was killed. And Breonna Taylor and um, um, George Floyd is the only two killers he could agree with. So when he said that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I just said, you know, you're not for me. I'm not yeah. going to tolerate. I don't. I don't give a fuck if I piss you off and you leave because where you leave, somebody else will come along and appreciate my style of comedy and our podcast just as more. I'm not begging you to stay, but what I'm not going to tolerate when you just that fucking close minded, I yeah. respect you, but don't come in my inbox if you don't want to learn or if you don't want to, if you don't want to change or if you want, if you don't want to see the bigger picture of the life, cause that's not what I'm going to waste my time on. Fuck you. And I tell him, suck my dick from my neck. Yeah, I think that the theme of 2020 has been, if it's not happening to me, I'm going to fight the death to make sure that you know that I don't believe it's real. Like, yeah. just because it's, and I think people just, they, they, they judge their experiences more than they judge knowledge because we live in such a crazy time where who knows what's true anymore. But like, the totality of the killings 
is the is not a metric to this guy. Well, it's just is- the 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 circumstances of the ones he's willing to. That's the the problem, and that's what people oh, are oh, saying. Let me tell you what he said about the one that just happened in Atlanta. The killing that just happened in Rashad Atlanta. Brooks. Yeah. Rashad Brooks. Actually, Quisha does his cousin hair. Mm. So um, he said, uh, he was like, well, he took his taser. See, if you would have read and just not listened to the fucking shit that you heard, that taser went off on the ground with them. So once you deploy a taser, you can't redo a taser. And a cop would know that. Yeah, a cop would know that. So even though he turned around with the taser and the light was on, you know that the taser went off on the ground. So there was no way that he could have, he was, you was in danger. The yeah. most he could have did is hit you in your fucking forehead with it. But also, you know, he was like, well, he turned around with a taser. He should have been shot. Let me say this to you. If that man was white, they were taking him home. The man was willing to walk. He was not driving. He was, he did fall asleep in the drive through But as a police officer who's supposed to care about the citizen and protect us, why wouldn't you do the right thing? And then your life will still be intact. All you had to do, he said his sister lived at the street. Fucking let him walk up the street. Oh, say, man, you know what, man, you drunk. Let me drop you off. And let me get these keys to somebody safe. You came there for the bullshit. And now your whole life is turned upside down. And most people don't realize the reason, part of the reason he might have been running is that he was on parole. And any interaction with a police officer for even if you're doing nothing wrong can get you put back he in prison. He just did a video. Did you see the video yeah, he did the video. about the parole system? Which is so true. I was telling mm-hmm. Dion. So I'm I'm a medical assistant. Don't nobody know that because I don't fucking practice. But I went to school to be a medical assistant. And... I get my GED. I go to school to be a medical assistant. I'm really fucking happy about I, I was in my book being a medical assistant, but it was so hard to get a job. I got a shitty job in that field and I stayed about a year and thank God I ended up at General Motors. When you are a convicted felon in this world and especially when you black, it's hard on white people, too, but especially when you black, it is so hard to start over. My brother, who was just on the phone. He stayed out of jail about 25, 30 years, and he only had shitty jobs his whole life. And he committed a small crime and ended back up in jail because that's where they want you at. That's called systemic racism. Yeah. That's which, what which it's which called when they're talking. But they're talking about it. That's what they mean. Like when everybody's talking about systemic racism and you hear it on the news, it's real. That's a direct that's two direct examples of it like yeah I, I could not get a job and i have not been to jail in over fucking 30 years and Dion, you could testify for this when i moved here i think i've told this story before and i went and worked at i worked at taco bell yep. for ten dollars an hour i went in, and at the time i was i have a company career so i really needed two jobs i went over and i worked at um speedway gas station and they fired me for being a convicted felon for 20 years ago which is fucked up. So if I would have had my husband income all that time, ain't no telling where I would fucking be. I'd probably be somewhere fucking trying to hustle. So it's, it, it, to me, the system is a revolving dough, especially when you black. I think it's funny that we call it the Department of Corrections, but we don't correct anything that you've done. It's like no. you just go in there it and they're like, fuck you. So I, Survive if you can. And when you get out, we'll see you back in six to nine months and they tell you that for years i volunteered with rupert's kids and he takes kids who are getting out of the criminal justice system anywhere from 15 to 25 and he's worked in inner city indianapolis he's working in shelbyville right now with a poor white population and 
what you find is that you put a bracelet on them, an ankle bracelet on them for $150 a week, plus all the court fees, all the cost of parole, all that. Well, they're criminals. They need to pay, and then they need... Well, what do you what do you do when you've got a seventeen year old kid that's just been busted for weed, who comes from uh, an unstable family life that is living in poverty, and now you've you've taken an additional hundred and fifty dollars a week, you've put that stress on the family. They probably can't afford it. He can't get a job. So what happens? They return back to the way that they made money before, and then they get popped for a more serious oh. crime. And a more, because that's what they need. And then they go spend more time with professional criminals who teach them their craft. As they're, and then they get out, and then they just keep... It's a warehousing. It's a constant cycle. It's the convict lease system. Yep. Which is what they do. They privatize prisons. They charge the state to keep the prisons full. They criminalize dumb shit we don't need to criminalize. You get caught for it. They send you to jail. And now the state's making money off your body. Yep. That's all. The system is fucked. And when you start to research it, you're going to understand why people are saying that we need to change the system of America because it doesn't work for everybody. And if you are an American and you think that America works for everybody, if you just work hard, you're a fool. That boot scrap shit ain't real. It's it's never been real. You get one or two people who can pull themselves out of the ghetto and everything but, but happens you don't even, in the right most way. People don't even pull themselves out of the ghetto. Exactly. I got out of the ghetto. You meet somebody like you. who helps. Everybody needs help. And the reason why people need help is because the system is designed to keep you where you are. Yeah. Especially when you black. There's a great documentary called The House I Live In, and David Simon, who did homicide, said it's just a systemic warehousing of the bottom 10% of our economic population because they don't want to open up society to that population and, and have competition. They demonize you for coming from the life that you live and do no choice of your own. You're born into a spot. Everybody's born into where they, they're born into. And so your job is to ascend the ranks, right? Well, how do you ascend the ranks if you're born in the way Miss Pat's born? In? Yeah. She got, she got to have a lot of help and she got to get lucky because she got shot twice, right? So you had to survive gun wounds and meet Miss Troop. Every piece of shit man trying to molest her. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so she, I was going to say, don't, don't, don't leave the booty. <laughs> so she, she had to dodge. <laughs> don't leave out the booty. She had to dodge all that trauma yeah. and still be strong enough as a kid to to overcome that the mental fuckery that should have happened to miss pat she's so well adjusted and so she got lucky and she met a dude who didn't come from that situation and he was able to impart and she was able to gain that and now that's just one person but that that whole cycle perpetuated itself how many people didn't get the you know you've heard about her whole family i mean and so i don't mean that to be rude but like your family that's and that's no. not just a black thing. Like that's not that's yeah. what people need to understand. Well, I don't. Well, white people are poor too, motherfucker. It's the same. You should be just as upset when it happens to white people. The fact that people say, "Oh, well, you know, why do black people complain so much?" Because we have something to complain about. Like if you're white and you're struggling, you should be fucking complaining. You should be, and people should hear you. That's the truth. You should let your voice be heard when something isn't right, regardless of your skin color. Instead of being bamboozled by politicians that just want to maintain power. It's got to work for everybody. Otherwise, it doesn't work for anybody. Ain't that the saying they say? 
adjust uh, uh, what is it injustice here is what is this what's the martin luther oh, king saying shit. i don't know what uh, martin luther king said uh, injustice here is a threat to justice everywhere yes yeah that's along those lines. i agree and that's i mean see i thought harry Tubman said that but okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was like come on nigga <laughs> by the way i listened to like 13 hours of malcolm x speeches oh, fucking great man. i watched the movie he was so libertarian. I would, I didn't when I like. <laughs> you always talk about like, you always talk about like you don't know your history. When when what I was taught about Martin or Martin Luther King was that he was the hero, and that Malcolm X was the villain by any means necessary. Who taught you that? He, Plainfield High School, exactly. Motherfuckers who hated him, right? And Malcolm X was a violent revolutionary. But then when you listen to everything he says, there wasn't one thing I disagreed with. And when you hear the people asking the questions, you just go what like you hear like these old white reporters who who are the liberal elite in new york going you know well why don't they and you're just like what but you know when you go and listen to the ballot or the bullet speech go listen to it he wasn't violent he was saying you need to we need to protect ourselves we can't count on anybody else we need to invest in our own community. Don't take that bushel of money and let it leave the community. You know, I mean, it really, you you see the gaps and the holes in the history that you've been taught. And part of that is because we chose not to pay attention. One but also, part repeat of, the name of that speech. So, ba- ballad, The Ballad or the Bullet yeah. by Malcolm Y'all should go listen to it's that. It's really, really great. It's an eye opening. And that's what that's what this podcast is all about. You know, we're not here to fucking beat you down for your way of thinking. We just, hey, we all, we all, we all, we all, we all want to be on the same fucking playing field. We just want to understand one another. We want to have. I've always said from the beginning, we, this is a podcast where we're gonna have uncomfortable conversation. We're gonna make fun of shit. I'm gonna cuss you out, Chris. I'm gonna say fuck Dion several times. <laughs> but in the end, it's love. Yep. And that's what this podcast is all about. And I gotta go eat. And I got shit. So that's the end of this. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of The Pat Down. Make sure you check out my website at misspatcomedy.com for all of my social media, my tour dates, my book. Make sure you spread the word about my podcast. Please rate and review. Please rate and review and share. Thank y'all so much, y'all. I've been Miss Pat.